Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hey, hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of the Purple Hyacinth podcast, Thorny Truce. And today we have Bundin and Fluten. Hi. Hello. All right, and Bundin's going to start us off. Okay, so this episode basically picks up right where episode 25 ends off with Lauren being pulled into an alley, and we see that it was Kieran who pulled her into the alley, has his hand over her mouth, and is holding her hand but her other hand is on her gun on her holster so even though he's restraining her right now she's not helpless in this situation and it just shows her quick reaction time and stuff so like if that was say someone that she didn't know or like someone who's trying to attack her they would probably be on the floor right now (laughs) yep so kieran says hi there darling been a while i hope you missed me and You're going to freak out, Mindy, because I know you're going to be like, and he wasn't lying. No, I don't think, I think he's being sarcastic. And I, I don't think that, you know, the sarcasm is marked in red, but mm. it, it's, his personality is so funny. It's, I love it. It's just charming. You know, like he's capable of taking the most, you know, and in any situation, whether it's tense, whether it's angry, I mean, there, there's times when he's angry when he doesn't do this, but he's just, he's so suave and flippant and he's funny. He's very amusing. So no, not not even in a simping way. It's just, you know, very uh, an endearing personality. So yeah, but Lauren's having none of that. She immediately pushes him off and pulls off her mask and says, what do you want? And Kieran looks at her and says, our little break gave me a lot of time to reconsider. Should I give you? Should I just get rid of you, or do I bother to ask why you were went berserk on me? And then she says, "And what did you decide?" As she's tucking her mask away in her jacket, and he says, "Well, obviously, well, obviously, you're still alive. So my courtesy seems to have curiosity seems to have gotten the upper hand this time. After all, we made a pact to not kill each other, and luckily for you, I am a man of my word." I found it interesting that, you know, yeah, he does lead off with his sarcasm, but he immediately gets serious. And it's rare to see Kieran serious. He's always joking, but here he's communicating. Like he's actually telling her what he's really thinking. And I find that rare and refreshing. Yeah, no, like even the way that he like was like, hello, darling. He didn't have a smirk on his face or anything. He was completely serious about this because she really did endanger them when they were at the Golden Clover. And like you said, he's been thinking about this for the past few days, like what caused her to go off like that. And he's just like, he's just more curious than anything to know. And one of the things as well, he's, he says that he's a man of his word. And we've seen before that he tends to keep his word for whenever he makes promises. So interesting look at his character. Yeah, and I think he recognizes that 
if Lauren went crazy like that, there must have been a good reason. Like he he understands that to get rid of her. Like even if that if even if he would consider not keeping his promise, he understands that there must be a reason, and he wants to be fair and give her a chance to explain herself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then, oh, oh. sorry, he is, he is, oh, sorry. <laughs> he's much more calmer this time compared to last time, which definitely gives the sign that. He did spend time on this, as you guys are saying. But I think something interesting is also how Lauren immediately pushes him off. And I know, like, it's just instinctive, but it, it reminds me of what happened in episode 23. And that's some good continuity. I mean, she's a very strong-minded person. She's not going to let anybody manhandle her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she, she will not tolerate that at all. So then he continues. So, officer, what the hell do you see in Anthlo's notebook? And then she says, that's none of your concern as she's turning the safety off of her gun. <laughs> I was wondering what she was doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured she's doing because probably he's just doing that. Not only is it just actively to show, like, I think it's mainly to show, come near me, do anything and you will get shot. Because she's never actually turned off the safety in front of him. She just kind of holds the gun to his head. We don't know if it's the safety is on or not, but she's basically showing him, don't try it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you will not get away with attacking me. Feels because she's, she's not forthcoming with information, so she anticipates that he'll get upset. Mm, that you know, too. So. So then it cuts to him giving her an intense look. And then we see him pull a knife out of his shirt, I suppose. And then he grabs her arm. And then she, at the same time, is pulling her gun up. And then and he's also pulling his knife up. And we get this really great um, vertical panel of the two of them holding each other's weapons to their heads. So she's got her gun to his head. He's got his knife to her neck. And they're in a stalemate, basically. It's so well drawn. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite panels, like in yeah. all of PH. The art in this episode, some of the best it's in so the good. entire series. It's just consistently good, like all the time, everywhere for this entire arc. I'll be honest, when I saw them both like draw their weapons, I was like, y'all are such drama queens like you know you're not going to hurt each other and you know you're basically equally matched so nobody's going to win you basically just keep talking without you know having a deathly weapon an inch in front of your face <laughs> but it suits their characters because there's kieran's dramatic and lauren's uh overreactive so it does suit their characters i was like you could have just kept talking you know <laughs> but no they are are very similar people too and I think this also shows another parallel between them because they both have the same reaction to this um interaction and I I like the visual storytelling in that like you don't they don't tell you that they're similar we see it mm -hmm. and we can do that which also right. like Foot said the art in this episode really helps because the facial expressions the angles the lighting everything works to help convey the emotion and intensity of this scene and the scenes that follow this and I just love it. It is chef's kiss. So we see Kieran looking cool as a cucumber even though he's got 
this gun to his head but it is like the sixth time he's had that gun to his head probably in the past <laughs> few few weeks so he's used to it at this point but then he says with complete seriousness and like one of the most serious expressions we've ever seen seen him have he says yes it is my damn business we're partners and this is pertinent to the investigation there are things i have to know before you blow up blow it again during an interrogation then Lauren, also looking cool as a cucumber with the knife to her throat, says, there are lots of things we don't know about each other, but we made a deal. No personal questions. And then it cuts back to Kieran and he says, this is not a personal question. This is about the evidence I found during our mission. It is personal, Lauren says. I looked through it and nothing was relevant to the case. So this is one of the things I think we talked about when they were making the deal when we did the episode 10 podcast it's like no personal questions but they have to share all information and we know with both of them it's personal for them what's going on and why they're tracking down the leader and all of this stuff so there's gonna obviously be things that are personal to them but are also related to the investigation so it's not shocking that we got to this yeah, I mean, it's impossible. There was no way because like their whole mission right, is intertwined. They want to take down the leader and they both have personal reasons. So like, there's just absolutely no way they could have avoided personal questions. <laughs> Lauren's totally fooling herself. Of course, this is not related. Of course it's related. And yeah. Unlike Kieran, Lauren isn't in the Phantom Scythe. There's still a lot of mystery around what has happened to her that she wants to figure out too. And that is personal. So when she comes across stuff like that, she's more likely to find a mystery surrounding what's happened to her with her past and Kieran. Yeah, and then there's also the know. fact <laughs> there's also the fact that, like Kieran said, he is just curious as well because they've made this deal and stuff, but he already like dug into her past because he was curious about her. So obviously her completely losing her cool when he, she has displayed to him that she is a rational thinker and is able to be level-headed in a high-intensity situation. I think he's a bit intrigued and, as well. But the main thing is him just making sure that she doesn't blow it again. But I think there is a level of genuine curiosity about her and what she saw underneath that as well. Yeah, I think because like you said, he he sees she is normally rational and he res- I think he respects her. So he he's like, what what could happen? What could be so bad to make her lose it like that? Mm-hmm. So then we cut to Kieran again. And I love, again, how this is, panel is drawn with the barrel of the gun, like tapering and like mm-hmm. pointing at him. Really good at directing the eye and all that. I just, I love um angles and how art is um like how the scene is made to allow you to process it basically and it makes for an interesting visuals and he says we may have a rule against killing each other but nobody said anything about harming so so typical mm. So I think Lauren basically just realizes this isn't going nowhere. And in order for him to just stop and to get out of them just being, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. (laughs) Takes a deep breath, lets it out, looks him in the eye and says, before I was transferred to the patrol unit, I was a detective. 
I worked on a case a year ago, which got me kicked off the investigation unit. That's it. And then Kieran okay. says, like, that's the most bare bones way that you can say it. <laughs> She's given nothing away. It's just interesting. She's like, that's it? Bull crap. That's not enough to make someone like you lose it like that, which, like we said, someone like her, he knows that she's completely um, rational usually. So it had to be something big to get her all worked up. And then he says, there was something more to it, wasn't there? Mm, I love her expression. Lauren mm. seems so resentful that he can read her. You know, Lauren's used to doing everything on her own and not allowing other people to share her burden so you know there's a part of it that she's upset like you know I want to do this by myself she doesn't have an easy time sharing with other people so she's like she's resentful but he can read that through that and she won't be able to she'll have to open up yeah no and oh sorry you go oh was that was I the only one talking there my my end's nuts being dumb today um but yeah, her the faces in this episode are just so good. And in this panel specifically, um, again about the art. Honestly, I'm feeling brain dead today, so all I can think about is the art. But we don't. After like this episode and maybe episode 27, we never really see this art style. And episode 25, I guess we never really see this art style come back. And so it's kind of fascinating. Arrow, like so slightly changed it up on how she drew the characters like the lines are a bit scratchier and the lighting is a bit brighter on especially the highlights and the eyes are bigger while the nose and mouth are smaller and the face are just generally wider it, it is one of my favorite phases in the ph art evolution agreed um, I know that she changed the way that she, not rendered, or maybe the way that she did shadowing and highlights and stuff. I, I'm not an artist, far less a digital artist, so I can't say what she did, but I know she changed her process for how she did approach shadows and lighting and highlights and rendering, I think, a little bit. But I think that's a bit later. I think that's around 32 or 33, I think, is one of the last episodes that she used her old technique with. But I might be I might be wrong with that, but I think I remember hearing something about how she changed up how she did that. So this could be just a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree. This is one like these two episodes are some of my favorites, and the art is, is in uh, a big reason why. Oh yeah, yeah. her brief period a couple months ago, sixty-eight and twenty-seven, or not sixty-eight. Oh my god, twenty-eight but 26 and 27 were my favorite episodes just because of the art but yeah so we cut back to Lauren looking at him I love also the snow kind of out of focus the way the backgrounds are it's just just so great she takes she begins to say something like h so huh but then she cuts herself off we see her lips kind of tremble like if she's trying to hold it back or just like decided not to say anything she pulls her gun down and then looks down to the floor and then we cut to the flashback of this guy with this huge scar on his face and a blind eye and we see that 
he's saying something and we can't see what he's saying, but the text is red and blurred. So we know that whatever he's saying, he's lying about. And then we also see what looks like the front of that picture that Lauren found in Aunt Flo's stuff, which was the thing that made her go crazy. And we do know that this guy was in that picture as well. So something there. Yeah. Then she looks back at Kieran and says, Oh, you I just oh, we just yeah, talked a little bit about how Lauren yeah. looks before when she um you know starts saying something. I it's 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 so beautifully expressed because you see like she starts to say it, but she has such a hard time. She even has to like stop before she can regain composure and start talking again. And she, you know, that letting the gun down and slumping down against the wall. I mean, this is she doesn't usually show weakness, like emotional vulnerability like that, but she's sad. You know, this is clearly like a very emotional memory for her. And it's just it's so evident from her body language. It's a big revelation. Um, so she looks back at Kieran and says, you asked me and I told you. I saw a picture I didn't expect him to have and it took me by surprise. That's all you need to know. I lost my grip and put us in danger because of it. I know. I'm sorry. And then Kieran just looks at her with the that a very similar look to how he looked at her after he got them out of the Golden Clover. And that was the first time we saw him genuinely angry. He doesn't necessarily look angry this time, but he's more like scrutinizing her, trying to see if she's being truthful or not. And you, he knows that she's, she's not telling him everything. And he knows that he's holding, that she's holding things back from him. But she's given enough information that he probably thinks that it's not worth it to get it now or probably would take too long. And he's just trying to see if he can get anything else from her, probably. Just intense. I love how Soph does those lines around the eyes that they look kind of like pen. Like if she was just drawing with like a really inky pen. And I just, I love that style. It just shows so much expression. Yeah, I've um I've done a few pencil drawings, uh, sketches of the, you know, purple hyacinth stuff. And so I've learned like, you know, the eye, <laughs> the eyes, there's a ton, there's always like a ton of lines under the eyes and their eyelashes, right? Which presumably is their is eyelashes. They have like super long eyelashes spreading all over. Um, you know, and then the top, like their look close, looks like eyeliner, right? Everyone has like very distinct, sort not really eyeliner, but it looks like because <laughs> it's like a lot of thick lines on top. Anywho, but yeah, when you start drawing it, you realize. Mm. But yeah, but it's nice that Lauren acknowledges and takes responsibility for what she did. You know, she does admit that she put them in danger. I mean, it, it was pretty bad. So it's it's good that she's able to take responsibility. Yeah, no, um, one of the things that you need to do when you're, when you know you mess up, you need to apologize and be genuine about the apology, but she knows, like, she knows that she doesn't have to tell him everything, or she, like, she doesn't want to tell him everything right now because it's too personal, but even so, she can own up to the fact that she put them in danger, and she, if he didn't get them out in time, they would have been caught, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that would have been terrible. <laughs> Mm. You can just even just imagine what would happen would be like the worst he would have broken out and then she would have just been there and he would have been yeah. like bye yeah. or he might have killed her then too you never know like busted out gotten rid of her so that he, she couldn't say anything dipped 
Well, you know, he chose to drag her out instead. So clearly he wants to keep her as a partner. <laughs> She's more useful to him alive than dead. And I think yeah. that they think that like that's the same thing that they think of each other, honestly. They've got yeah. more information working together than not. So mm -hmm. yep. Okay, but then Lauren says, you don't need to worry about Anselo. He doesn't remember. The knock to the head you gave him made sure of that. So, but then Kieran cuts her off, gets up in her space and holds the knife up to her chin again and says, fine, you've got guts. And I like that. Only fools have ever dared to challenge me. But next time things go to hell because of you, I'm letting you burn. And he says Oof. that like, boom. Yeah, you're just there like swooning. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I kind of talked about this before, but we, I don't know, I don't know if everyone has this, but I think many people like strength of character. Um, I talked about it actually in a little bit, uh, in a much later episode, but when people display strength of character, it's, um, it's very, it's admirable. It's something a lot of people are drawn to and attracted to. So, um, and that's what he likes about her. He's literally just telling her that's what he likes about her right now. And he's, you know, he's displaying that as well. I think, I think it's, I find it very interesting and uh, because there, he's not at the point where, you know, when people are close and when they get close, their, their emotions overpower their, their reason. Right. And so like, if, if Kieran and Lauren were already close and, you know, having a stronger emotional relationship, he would let something like that slide because of his personal feelings, because he likes her. Right. Just like we, you know, we let things slide for our friends and in this show, in this story, People do let things slide because they know someone and they're close to them. But Lauren and Kieran are not at that stage yet. So the fact that he is, um, you know, saying, okay, well, we'll proceed and I'll let it go. It's coming from a much more of a stance of like respect. And, you know, like you said, knowing that they can be um, more useful to each other than not. But um but yeah, and it's it's interesting to see, like you see he's made an evaluation, like a logical evaluation of like, okay, what is the most um, cumulatively beneficial step to do, you know, continue with her or not continue with her. And then he decides, okay, it's, it's better to continue. So I find that it's just interesting to see his thought process. Mm -hmm. Also the fact that he genuinely like compliments her because he like he didn't lie when he said that he likes the fact that she has guts like mm -hmm. that's probably one of the reasons why he partnered with her in the first place because nobody's ever like cornered him like that before back when she first caught him in that alley back in episode two and nobody's ever matched him I guess on that kind of level of both being proficient at what they do but also passionate and having a, an agenda that synchronizes with his own so mm -hmm. yeah eh. he thinks she's interesting at least <laughs> and the yeah. fact that he says but the next time things go to hell because of you i'm letting you burn it's just he's just being clear like don't lose it again otherwise i'm not going to be there to drag you out mm -hmm. you know and that's also necessary <clears throat> you know there's um at least the in the like the Jewish culture I grew up there is a, there's a kind of like a trichotomy that's presented in terms of character traits where there's you know people who are very um, merciful and who are very soft and then there's people who are are very harsh and tough and rigid and then there's like the perfect combination is like people who can combine both so if he would have um, let it slide like that would have been too much softness and that wouldn't have been appropriate you know to say just to like be like not even address it 
that would have been damaging and destructive and potentially let things get worse in the future. So he's being, you know, he's being tough and he's being taking the right thing, steps he needs to address it and to make sure that it won't happen again and that it, it's, it won't be overlooked. But then he's also being, you know, not being overly harsh and overly punitive like someone else might be. So it's a good balance. Mm-hmm. It's like a warning, but also just like, if so long as we operate as normal we'll be fine but just heads up don't do that again so it's basically just letting her know where he stands then she says what happened in the golden clover that night won't happen again and then it's kind of a long break and then we see some rooftops and then kim looks up and she's beginning to look around she says lauren so clearly Lauren's been away from the patrol for some time. Then it cuts back to a view of that alley. And then Kieran kind of has his mischievous look on his face again. <laughs> so that kind of indicates to us that he's going back into his normal witty mode and says, unlike you, I haven't wasted the past three days sulking. I've been <laughs> investigating Beatrice Blakesley. We'll start to prep for the file tonight and pay her a little visit this Thursday night. And then they turn their backs to each other, go their separate ways, and she's pulling her mask on. But as they're walking away from each other, Kieran says, you know what to do. What does so, she have to do, by the way? <laughs> Investigate her as well. Like, yeah, she's basically like, roll up to the cave, get, we'll do everything. And, he, and But I think it also means you know what to do. It's basically, don't lose your shit again. <laughs> yep. Then we see Lauren catch up to Kim and grab her shoulder and she gives Kim this overly happy expression while Kim gives her an overly quizzical expression. She's like, hmm. Yeah, she's overcompensating. <laughs> but yeah, and then it transitions tonight and I give it to you. All right. So we now have a starry night. We are... Uh, we see some houses, looks like there's some, you know, laundry hanging outside, porches, and then we have a newspaper, and it's the Le Journal, and it says, team, uh, it's December 5th, blank, blank, 27, team of justiciers, uh, mosques, helping the police, ally or foe, and it's actually a picture of the courtroom that we talked about with McTrevor, it's when, when um, March, I think, was envisioning that he would get sentenced, and, oh, <laughs> just noticed the tagline is, we lead, others follow. <laughs> And now we see two figures <laughs> in a window <laughs> of a home. And clearly it's obviously our, our favorite uh, vigilantes. And there's this woman elegantly dressed. She is tied up. She has blindfold over her eyes and Lauren and Kieran are there. And Kieran says, again, my dear lady, my deepest apologies for disturbing you at such a late hour. You may return to your slumber if you wish or simply wait for the police to arrive. They should be here any minute. So also we don't get a sense like of what happened before, right? Presumably there was an interrogation. This one, we don't really get the first hand view for this. <laughs> but we also don't really need it because we've already had two interrogations so far. And one of the things that's, um, that can get tiring when you're trying to tell a story like this is just repeating the same thing over and over. Cause we can, we can infer that it's gonna be kind of similar. They kind of, kind of scare the person with Lauren's ability, more um, bad sign language, um stuff like that so it really would kind of drag because it's not something we haven't seen already you know so I like the decision of just cutting right to the end of it Mm -hmm. so 
I think that that was like we didn't need that uh, it would just add like extra stuff that we don't need so setting rights the fun stuff is great in my opinion yeah right in, in any in any art or in any life you know you have to know when to add and when to take away you can't have too much is is not good mm-hmm. so yeah completely agree so um <laughs> Now, <laughs> they are disturbed. We have a clack and we have somebody's kicking the door open and we have three ninja-like people. There's also a suit of armor standing in the hallway, by the way. I think I think that's what it is. There could be a more people with their yeah, weapons. <laughs> so they come in, they're like, Milady, And Blakesley is as, you're late. You really thought I wouldn't take precautions, Loon? After seeing my associates drop like flies in the past few days, Alzo is an idiot, but I didn't get this far by being careless. I'm like, oh, good job, Blakesley. And they're like, time to go. <laughs> Lauren and Kieran yeet themselves out the window. The uh, the uh, ninjas, you know, follow suit. Blakesley's like, get them. <laughs> and then she's all alone. And she's in like cartoon form. And she's like, fool, come back. You were supposed to untie me. Kind of love the humor, just kind of just <laughs> sprinkled in. <laughs> yeah and that's the, the greatness right you have you go between you know action and and humor like it, it's just great and we have the four figures they're running away on the roof um Lauren and Kieran are doing their ninja thing as well they're jumping and Hardcore. there's yeah Hardcore. <laughs> um, you know, swordsman number one is slashing at Kieran and he's drawing his sword they're uh they're sword fighting it's very dramatic kind of chaotic <laughs> yeah meanwhile and now lauren sees like from the back of her eyes she's looking back at here in sword fighting and i kind of get the impression that she's like concerned about him and she doesn't want to continue until she knows that he can follow which of course really you know she should be thinking about herself because instantly uh somebody you know throws a dagger in her direction she has to um dodge it and then the guy that's running after it she grabs his wrist, you know, bangs on his back, starts fighting with him. And now they're this is like racing. Oh my gosh, I felt how was used this is the cover. They're back to back and they're she has her gun. He has a sword. Oh, and they have a circle of like ninjas around him. It's such a great image where they're the Mr. Excited. and Mrs. Smith of it all. Yes. I never saw that movie, but I know the the clip, the image or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is great. Oh, I love it. United yeah, against people. No. We're going to I play. we love a battle couple. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they look so badass. They just do. Oh, sorry, excuse me, language. Mm-hmm. You know, with their no, hoods pumped up and their hats, and you can't see their faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very um noir kind of looking, but also kind of like action movie. It's it's just it's just it's just good. <laughs> and then Kieran just continues with his you know, total sarcasm. He's like, how timely. Just when I thought I was going to miss my training regimen. These dummies are godsend. Then chaos. Yep. There's like two of them and four of them, right? Clang, clang, there's fighting. She's kicking one more and kicks one's feet under, out from under him. And she does that actually, the, I think multiple people, she kicks somebody in the head. Um, and, you know, Kieran's fighting with a guy literally on top of the roof. Lauren's fighting with someone else. There's lots of action, guns, just more and more <laughs> arm twisting. And now Lauren slips on a tile. Some of the roof tiles slip beneath her feet. She panics 
and she slides down and she's kind of like hanging on from the edge of the roof. And this guy has a sword. At this point, she is really hanging on from the edge. And there's this great panel. He's looming over her and his sword is up. The moon is behind him. He's about to strike. And Lauren is, you know, you see her face. It's it's like, it feels like it's the frozen in time moment. I think I've, I've asked this once, if any of you, have you, any of you had a time where time froze for you because you were in like a very scary situation? Uh, yeah, that happened to me. Um, happens to me a few times, but usually it's when something happens and I'm like panic for like a second. And then, you, you know, when you realize something or you see something or you hear some news or something and you're just like, and you just kind of freeze for a second. You don't move, you don't do anything. So yeah, um, I can't think of any specific instances of that off the top of my head, but it has happened to me. Yeah, Linda, mm-hmm. we've probably suppressed it from the trauma. <laughs> so I, ha- I had two times where I never understood the expression time stood still and like everything goes quiet until I had it happen. I was, um, it was both when I was like a young teenager. One time was when I was falling down and there were a bunch of rocks. I was falling onto rocks basically. And I, I remember I was falling and I looked down and I was like, okay, if I fall, and I hit my head, I'm going to be dead. And it was like, it was, it was ground level. It wasn't like a high fall, but anyway, there was that. And then there was another time where I was biking and my bike tripped over something. And I was flipping over with my bike. And both of those times I was like, it was a totally different way of experiencing time. Time stood still. I knew it was a matter of seconds, but it felt like forever and everything went quiet and I couldn't hear anything. It was just very, very slow. It was fascinating. So I feel like that expression that Lauren has, you know, with like, because you're in a life in that situation, I feel like that's the frozen expression she has where like she's experiencing everything very slowly. So oh, his, hmm? I actually just realized that story I was telling you before we started, because um, the next episode that comes, it happened on a really crazy night for me, um, walking with my friends by some apartment buildings to get back to my apartment mm-hmm. in college and someone dropped a wine bottle from about four stories and it nearly <laughs> fell on my head but I just remember hearing it shatter and like no glass hit me thank god but it was just shattered between me and this other guy who was walking I just remember like stopping and looking down and be like my brain being like if I was just maybe a foot to the left that would have hit me in the head oh and this kept like wow yeah crazy night but i it made me remember that purple hyacinth that purple hyacinth episode that came out but that's 27 but (laughs) yeah so you just kind of processing a million things at once and it just makes everything seem like it's not happening and still but then when you get back to normal you're just like did that just really happen Mm -hmm. but yeah Yeah, so Lauren is seeing her life flash before her eyes, basically. The sword is, you know, descending. It's a beautiful image. It's like that light splitting her face. It's it's gorgeous. But yeah, it could be the sword or it could just be the sheen from the sword, but yeah. it just I think it's the sheen, but yeah, it's um it's gorgeous. And mm-hmm. but then against the black backdrop, you see slash and you see red, and that's the end. <laughs> so but in a matter of minutes, we will <laughs> be discussing what happens. <laughs> yeah, back-to-back episodes. Yeah, I'm gonna... Wait, we...
Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Alicat, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tacos, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, and Laura. Your support is truly appreciated. Thank you.